Well, it Lock sounds like Talk Radio. Go. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. And just a little bit of a delay there getting our music going, so sorry for that imposition. But, uh, you know, the great thing about doing a podcast that covers legal issues is that uh, we can come back every week, uh, error or not, and have a really unending supply of topics to discuss. Uh, and if you're a regular listener, sometimes you know that we, we cover yeah, some of the bedrock issues that are the heart of individual or business needs, some of the basic things that will come up in, in law discussions at any point. And then um, there's other times where we're going to take the opportunity to react to uh, maybe current headlines and have a discussion on something very timely and relevant uh, regarding current issues. And today is one of those latter situations. Uh, welcome again, everyone. This is Jim Mitchell, and I'm pleased to have you back as we have lined up a, a great conversation today on our podcast about the use of body cameras by law enforcement officials. It's a concept that has become a high priority and, and really an important part of key stories across the country. Uh, with me today to discuss our topic is attorney Sarah Floor. Sarah is an associate at Lavelle Law, and I'm very pleased to welcome her to the podcast. Uh, great to have her with us. So good afternoon, Sarah. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Um, you know, there's there's been a lot of discussion about the use of body cameras in, in light of recent events from really all around the country in the past few years. And I was surprised to learn in uh, looking at your notes here that um, while we see police videos from time to time on the news, cameras cameras aren't really mandated in many places. Tell, tell me about the new law that we'll be talking about today. Right. So this new law is basically an attempt to address uh, the recent controversies over the police use of force that I think we're all very aware of. Um, and Illinois is actually the first state in the country to implement uh, the President's Task Force recommendations, which have followed these incidents of citizens' deaths and other interactions with police. Um, so the law basically sets the statewide rules uh, for the use of police body cameras. It specifies when body cameras should be worn, uh, when the taping should begin, and how long these recorded videos should be kept by the police department. Well, it's fascinating that uh, it's the first state to, to adopt the, those policies. Now, when Illinois uh, puts this into place, does it does it cover every law enforcement officer in the state, or is it just members of the Illinois State Police and, and then individual towns have the option to do what they choose? Exactly, more the latter. Um, it's governed by each individual township. Uh, the law doesn't require the police departments to use the body cameras. All that requires is that if they do choose to use police cameras, um, that they have to follow certain statewide rules. Okay, and, and you now again, as soon as you, you mentioned something like that, um, statewide rules, um, then people say, okay, now wait, what does that mean? Is that a good or a bad thing? Do you, do you have an understanding of what those state rules are? Right. There's actually quite a few of them. They cover uh, several different areas, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, they include, among other things, that the officers must keep the cameras on when conducting what they call law enforcement activities. Uh, the law also sets statewide standards for the use of cameras, um, expands police officer training to include topics like the use of force, uh, and it also requires an independent investigation of all officer-involved deaths. 
Finally, the law also bans the use of chokeholds and creates a database for officers who have been fired or resigned due to any police misconduct. So it really does govern a, several different areas, not just you know the use of the cameras themselves, but training and, uh, like I said, it creates a database of officers, so you can go and look up um, different officers who have been reprimanded for using or violating police standards. Well, that, that, yeah, that is very comprehensive and, and certainly gets into different areas. So let, let's start with the first and, and talk about, um, uh, I think you had described as, as, you know, any any police uh, activities. Do you have a sense for what that means? Does this mean if they're doing a traffic stop or in, encountering someone in in a investigation of some sort, or do we know really what it means as to when they should have this thing on? Right. The term law enforcement activities does seem a little vague. What uh, the law does talk about is when uh, there are any exceptions to when the cameras must be used. So when a police officer, you know, is doing any kind of police investigation work, uh, stopping a car on the side of the road, most likely the cameras will be on. However, the officers will be allowed to turn the cameras off if they're talking to a confidential informant um, or if they're talking to a victim or a witness of a crime and they're asked by that victim or witness to turn the cameras off, then the police officers will be allowed to turn those cameras off. Okay. So so at least in some of those cases, as you mentioned, uh, uh, a victim at least will have the opportunity to perhaps not have, have the conversation recorded in any way if they're more comfortable doing that. Exactly. <clears throat> okay. So um, my guest today is, is Sarah Flores. She's an attorney with uh, Lavelle Law, um, experienced litigator, and uh, I think we're fortunate to have her with us as we talk about uh, body cameras for police officers here in Illinois. She, uh, she recently wrote uh, an article on this on this very topic, um, you can find that at lavellelaw.com. As as always, we never have enough time to go into all the details we want here, so that might be a, a great place for people to follow up. Um, again, lavellelaw.com, and up at the top there's a uh, tab that says Articles. Click on that, and uh, you'll find not only that article, but um, others by Sarah and others by the other attorneys at Lavelle Law. Really a great collection. Um, and then while you're on the page, if you'd like, um, you can also hit the media tab and uh, choose podcasts, and then you get uh, uh, the entire collection of podcasts we've done here on the series over the years. So uh, a lot of information available from Sarah and uh, and the other colleagues. Um, now, again, we're, we're talking about this new law, and, and I'm asking you a lot of questions about it, but uh, actually it hasn't gone into effect yet, has it? No, it hasn't. Uh, the law would take effect January 1st, 2016. Okay, so kind of coming right up now right around been, the corner. Uh, right, yeah, it's been passed by both houses uh, and signed by the governor in August. So now it's kind of in that in-between period where people are allowed to, you know, bring any disputes they have or any questions they have, uh, but it will not go into effect until next year. So, and again, you know, we're here to talk about legal issues, but I, I can't help but ask the question, and, and perhaps it's, you know, out of your realm here, but it's certainly no secret that Illinois has really not only one of the weakest financial positions of any state, but it's it's currently uh, going on, gosh, more than a quarter of a year without a budget in place. Um, this looks like a pretty big impact to police operations. Is there a plan to how this is all going to be paid for? There is actually, um, and that will be up to us. Uh, <laughs> 
It'll actually be funded by Illinois drivers. Uh, they will pay an extra $5 on any criminal traffic offenses uh, that result in a guilty plea or conviction. Uh, it won't apply to any kind of parking or registration or pedestrian offenses, but get pulled over for speeding, it's going to be $5 more expensive to fund these cameras. Okay, so at least there's a, a plan in place for that. Um, and again, take me back through, you mentioned a minute ago, um, some of the exceptions as to when they, they will or won't be used. So we, we talked about victims, and uh, what, what were the other exceptions as to when they may or could not be used? Right, when talking to a confidential informant, um, the police officers will be allowed to turn the cameras off or if at the request of a victim or a witness to a crime, they'll be allowed to turn the cameras off. Okay. So so let me ask you this, um, and, and again, if, if it's a, an unfair question, you can you can tell me that, but, you know, we've, we've really done hundreds of podcasts and, and I've always enjoyed um, talking to, to uh, experienced attorneys like yourself. And one of the things I've learned is that once a new law goes into effect, that's that's when it starts to really be evaluated. It kind of opens itself up to interpretation. Um, and in this instance, I'm sure that there's going to be plenty of opportunity for people to maybe challenge the use of these cameras and the video and, and is it used in evidence. Um, does the law in any way describe how this video can be used in a courtroom or is it just for police investigations or is there really any sense for what happens to this video once it's uh, once it's recorded? There isn't right now, um, if you read the face of law itself. I think that will be an interesting uh, question that will come before the courts is if these cameras are allowed to be used in courtroom proceedings. Um, the supporters of the bill, I can tell you that their main goal behind implementing this sort of rule was to address the questions of what happens in the gray area. One side says they did one thing, one side says something else happened. This time, with this kind of law in place, the cameras being used, there won't be any kind of questions as far as the investigation of a crime goes. Now, what impact that'll have on the actual courtroom procedure for the case, that's yet to be determined. But this rule is more about training our officers, um, learning from what's happened in the past, and trying to fix those mistakes. Yeah, and I think I, I should uh, I should have caught that earlier too. You mentioned it, and it's worth pointing out here: training. So ultimately, as this uh, these encounters are recorded, then it's expected that um, supervisory folks will kind of use those actual videos as training tools for for field personnel. Exactly. Um, I can quote one senator who said that you know this is not just about record recording the incident itself. It's about how we use that as a better approach to a similar incident in the future. So they're really trying to use this as a training mechanism for the police officers. And, and you mentioned that you know it's it's passed both houses uh, here in Illinois, and I, I believe it you know had uh, pretty strong bipartisan support. The governor has signed the law. Do you happen to know, as you have looked into this and, and mentioned some of the people who support it, are, is law enforcement behind this? Are they uh, supportive of this approach? They are, yeah. As you said, both bipartisan um, and law enforcement are strongly for this. I think a lot of times the police officers, you know, they kind of get a bad rep because they're trying to say what happened, but no one believes them. So this way, like I said, there's no question on one side or the other what actually occurred Um the officers, I think, who are doing the right thing, fully support it. Uh, mm -hmm. So, and then ultimately, once once recordings are 
archived, I guess, or they're held onto? Are they? Is there a certain period of time that they uh, uh, stay in in some for, form of uh, video content, or do they expire after a certain amount of time? Has that been discussed? There are, yeah. The law actually specifies just how long the recordings will be kept. I apologize, I don't have that exact time in front of me, but it is part of the law itself. So they will hang on to it. Okay, good. Well, this is, uh, this is pretty interesting stuff, Sarah. Can I have you come back uh, maybe uh, a little bit down the road as we start to see this implemented? We, we talked about we don't know how it's actually going to play out legally, and it might be something we can do on a future podcast to talk about what's really happening after uh, January 1st. Absolutely. That sounds great. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to let uh, Attorney Sarah Florida get back to work now. I appreciate her being here, uh, taking time from her day at Lavelle Law Limited, and certainly, as always, appreciate the time when the attorneys come by. So many thanks to Sarah. Um, a lot more to discuss around this topic, as we mentioned, so we'll look forward to some future discussions. And, again, that article's uh, posted at LavelleLaw.com. gives you an overview of, uh, of this particular law as it's been introduced. And uh, when you stop by the website there, you can find out more about uh, Sarah's practice as well as uh, other attorneys, different practice groups, and uh, read a a huge collection of articles, um, download podcasts, and, of course, uh, a number of new videos posted on the website as well. And if uh, you want to find out more about our podcast series, you can uh, download uh, any of the podcasts from LaBelleLaw.com. They're available here on Blog Talk Radio, complete library. And uh, download from iTunes so you can kind of take them with you if you're out traveling or doing something and you want to get up to speed on a couple of new topics. So we appreciate that. So a lot more details to follow on this one. We certainly appreciate everyone listening and look forward to hearing more about this and other important new changes in uh, the legal field as we go forward. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.